Welcome to the official podcast of Fourternia.com. We have the power. I'm your host, AJ, aka Voodoo Magic, aka Zora. And today's episode is titled The Masterpieces of Masterverse, a title that encapsulates and celebrates the glorious artwork that Masters of the Universe fans have been treated to on the packaging of every release from the collectible Masterverse action figure line since its launch in June 2021. And today we are going to discuss the genesis of these spectacular illustrations with the fantastic artist who has been there since the beginning, since day one, since wave one. A talent who has been treating our eyes and toy shelves to a cornucopia of visual Masters of the Universe delights. And that man is Amon O'Donohue. So, Amon, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, thanks so much for having on, AJ. Cornucopia, no less. It's a cornucopia. <laughs> Call me Captain. <laughs> That's a $5 word. <laughs> it is. So this this podcast uh, took a while for us to uh, put together, and I quickly realized how incredibly busy Amon is, and I began yeah. to uh, well, I began to frankly marvel at all the things he had on his plate. Uh, not only is Amon an incredible freelance artist, but he's a toy geek. He's a Masters of the Universe fan, a toy designer, a toy reviewer. Uh, the podcast host of, correct me if I'm wrong, two podcasts, um, Battlecast just and one. the Hot Toy Cast. Hot toy just cast. one now? The Hot Toy Cast? Okay. <laughs> How do you manage it all, Amon? Uh, I don't. I burst at the seams. I freak out, bounce off the walls. Um, no, um, to be honest, you, 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 you just do, don't you? You, you? you get a job like Master of the Universe, painting these characters, these Master of the Universe characters. It's, they're a joy to paint. And, um, you know, many faces, be it many faces, Ram Man, Buzz Off, or whoever, He-Man, Skeletor. I just, I genuinely love painting these characters. I like drawing on a, in general. All artists, we all enjoy drawing, but sometimes it feels like a job. Other times it doesn't. It feels like I'm just doing my hobby and getting paid for it. Well, the latter is certainly true when it comes to masters that, you know, I, you know, I'll, I'll probably be drawing the stuff anyway, but to be actually getting paid for it then and, and actually making a living and, you know, to pay the rent with it is it's, 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 it's a privilege to be honest, but yeah. Well, I know on your, um, your hot toy cast podcast that you're a big fan of uh, six scale figures. Now, personally, I've never been a big collector of the high-end six-scale figure due to uh, limited space and limited expendable cash. All right. So, um, so first, I just want to say um, how much I appreciate you lowering your standards and slumming around today with this low-scale seven-inch. Well, uh, I, my heart, <laughs> my heart is in seven-inch figures. Is my it? My heart. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When it, if what makes me happiest, what makes me happiest the most is getting a bunch of of, of seven inch figures, and be they be the Masters of the Universe or be the Mythic Legion. You know that that excites me. Saying that, you know, I got a Wonder Woman on the just this morning. Now I got a Wonder Woman Hot Toys Wonder Woman this morning, and it's actually my first Hot Toy in quite a few months now. And because um, I've just kind of slowed down on Hot Toys, and actually stopped making kind of interesting stuff. Uh, you know, the last kind of interesting figure they made was like Batman Forever. 
and and a, and a couple of others, but they, they tend to stick now. It's always Marvel, it's always Star Wars with Hot Toys, but occasionally they'll boot out something really special, and this new Wonder Woman's a bit special, so I had to kind of get her kind of thing. But I like what I'm most e- eagerly anticipating now is like the next wave or the, the first lot of Cosmic Legions. I'm really super excited to be getting those. And there's a couple of Masterverse figures on the way now as well. So I'm really excited to get the Sorceress. I just got many faces. So I got many faces at last. And he's superb. Great figure. Right there, here now. This is a $25, $29 action figure. And you get all his faces. I'm not sure why he gets masks because of that thing. But he got his faces anyway. And he comes with his guns. And he's just got shiny, lovely, shiny plastic to him as well. And then on, on the same day, I got Stratos. Uh, and Stratos, that's a big-ass, bulky figure for 29 bucks, man. And he comes with all the accessories, all, all changeable hands. And it's just a really solid, chunky figure. Yeah. You know, I, I love that breathing mask. You know, that gives him... Ah, it's really it, cool, isn't it? It gives him, like, a beak. Kind yeah, of it does. It does. It does. It's 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 just interesting. I'm, I'm I tend to buy the Masterverse figures either a if I buy, if I did the box packaging for them obviously, but yeah. b if I feel it's a new enough update to what I already have. If you have classics and you have the vintage and you're collecting Origins, you the idea is that I I try to collect this if it looks substantially different from what I already have on the shelf, I'll be buying it. And I think that that's that's a good way. So now we got like a new buzz off coming. For Masterverse, mm-hmm. like, like I can't wait for that buzz off because he just looks really cool. That buzz off, and I think I think Terry and the guys now are really finding their footing now and kind of give us a yeah. nice. Office. Oh, you've got him already! Yeah, I got him already. Oh, nice man! He's, yeah. he's a good figure, dude. Yeah, he's, he's great. And he again, twenty nine bucks for look at his wings, and he comes with a, an axe and a, a helmet as well. That's twenty nine yeah. bucks per figure, man. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know. It's fantastic. Um, I, the, I actually have put a review online already, an unboxing and a review for this figure. So I'll send you a link after the um, the podcast. But uh, it's outstanding. It's the best buzz off yet, and I'm not blowing. He's really, really, really nice. But I like my 2000 mm-hmm. X buzz off as well. But I thought that pushed. He was too insectoid. I thought he was a little bit over design. Whereas this mm-hmm. one's just, you know, he's more like a bug man, back to being a bug man again. And I quite like that. I know the silliness, but we're we're old school, aren't we? We like it. <laughs> And the articulation is great, and it's just, um, ah, yeah. it's, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, I know you have a fantastic sense of humor, so hopefully you'll find this funny, Amon. Um, my first experience with your podcast uh, was actually, the, you know, the Hot Toy Cast was a few months back. And I had never listened before, but um, perhaps on Twitter, um, I saw that you were having both Pixel Dan and Ted Biaselli on at the same time. And they that were guests. Great, great podcast that day. Interesting side note to that very podcast on that very day. That very morning, about three hours before the recording of that podcast, I was lifting my Razor Crest box in a very awkward fashion, and my bicep tendon snapped off my forearm. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. That very morning. But I just and we went to the hospital and everything, the emergency room and everything. Oh yeah, it's gone. You're gonna forget the blah blah blah. You got to get cut open. It's gonna get pulled on and reattached. Okay, great. And I had all that. And then I went home and I was like, I was. Will I do the podcast with boys? And I was Dan. I don't know. That's Dan. I just heard my voice. What am I gonna do? Should we do it? Should we do it? And Dan was like, Well, I'm up for the viewer, but I'd say rest your arm, dude. And Ted was the same as well. 
But then we ended up recording a podcast, and I'll tell you what, it ended up being one of my favorite recordings ever. We had a hell of a time. It was brilliant. Ted is great, and Dan, Dan is just, Dan's just a pro, dude. Dan's just a pro. You know, I was laughing because I was like, not only does um, Amon uh, design toys and does artwork, but he works out with toys. He lists <laughs> heavy toy boxes. And this time he had a workout injury, you know? Dude, it was it was ridiculous, really, and it was it was to get my Razor Crest box and to pull the proton gun under it because I just had got the proton pack, and I was just lifting like this. And I think what happens is a lot of us dudes in our forties still think we're in our thirties, and we yeah. think our biceps are really strong, but we forget that tendons are not as strong as biceps. And I lifted like this and just really rammed my arm into it, and oh. But still, hell of a podcast, and two boys were amazing. Yeah, and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Let me check this out. Um, so, But this was my first experience, and because of your elegant font you used in your podcast, and um, the, words, the words being so close together, you know, no spaces between the Hot Toy cast, um, instead of seeing the Hot Toy cast in my eyes, um, I first saw the Hoity Toity cast, you know? <laughs> but, but then I'm... Um, of course, my brain corrected, and I saw its proper title. But when I first started listening, I heard this classical music, and then I read the tagline, you know, uh, high-end action figures for the high-end humans. And I was like, uh-oh, is this actually a hoity-toity podcast? But but I, then I listened, and you were so pleasant and wonderful and engaging and uh, entertaining, and I just fell in love with it. So I recommend uh, any Masters of the Universe fans to check it out. If you're a collector of um, six scale figures or not, yeah, and occasionally, of course, I like like I'll, I'll indulge because we had a whole bunch of Mondos. There was, and I've had Mondo in a few times as well, and it was just we'd have a whole bunch of new Mondos out. Dan and Ted are mad nerds like I am as well. It's nice to just get. It's nice for the pull, pull really good high end dudes for a high end podcast to talk about high end figures. So you know, high end humans, high end humans. I picked the high end humans to see. Speaking of Mondo, by the way, um, that podcast that you had with Dan and Ted made me very nervous um, because I previously had enough willpower to resist uh, the temptation of buying the new He-Man Mondo figure, which this looks is terrific, by the way. This is, this is um, but I was able to stand strong against it, but I couldn't resist Mondo's Masters of the Universe Revelation Skeletor, which I absolutely agree with your assessment. It's glorious. Brilliant. and Stunning figure. Yes. Yeah, I have it right up there. And yeah. um, and I couldn't resist Mondo's She-Ra too, by the way, but that's another story. But on the podcast, I remember Pixel Dan revealing and, you know, come to think of it, I should really make a news story of this on 4 But I remember him revealing that um, that Mondo was coming with more Masters of the Universe Revelation animation style figures. That it's not just going to be Skeletor. And, and darn it, Amon, it, if those will be six scale figures coming out, I won't be able to resist those. Yeah, yeah it's And I'll be hard. in the poorhouse. Yeah. Gonna be hard to what I do at Hot Toys is is what I decide here's a some fans are gonna really hate me after this statement. I you know back in the early 2000s, a lot of us discovered the wonderful glory that is eBay and buying old vintage toys on eBay. Now back in the early 2000s, 
you can get vintage toys for very cheap. And I'm on about like, you know, Rambo's mint in boxes, Centurion's yeah. mint in boxes, you know, your Brave Star mint in boxes, and your Black Star mint in boxes. Eventually, I accumulated an entire mint on card set of Black Star figures. Wow. And I decided to sell a whole lot of them to get some Hot Toys in because Hot Toys were out, coming out. They were coming out with some new figures. And that's how I ended up with a stock of Hot Toys. Sold my Black Stars. And then what I do then with Hot Toys, and people think I'm very wealthy. Trust me, I'm not. I recycle my Hot Toys. So like the new one, like the new one woman here on the table replaces the Batman versus Superman Wonder Woman, which I got using the money from the Black Stars. And also as well, I have that one sponsor as well that sends me like a figure every other every other podcast. So I get mm-hmm. a, like a figure there for a sponsor there as well. So I mean, that's how I'm able to kind of like blag and make it look like I'm way more wealthy than I am. Trust me, all self-employed artists, not wealthy. <laughs> you know, I, uh, yeah, someone was going through uh, the figures I have and some of the classics, like the filmation style ones I have. Oh, yeah. um, are going for like two hundred and three dollars a piece. I have uh, like the classics Granamere that I think is around five hundred six hundred dollars now. So, you know, I haven't parted with them, but I always wonder. You know, once we get a certain age, once that fan moves into a certain age, um, are they going to start dropping in value? You know, kind of like the uh, the Beatles figures. You know, the and Elvis dolls and stuff. They went really high up, but then as that 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 fandom got a you know senior citizen age they started dropping yeah. in price so i think there is a window for these things you know? i have often thought about that we are a very specific generation we were all uh, 70s and 80s born all of pretty much i would imagine 90 percent of the people listening to this podcast right now were either born in the 1980s or born in 1970s and uh yes. lucky to those who were born in the 1990s and and we are of a very specific generation that are, we're very accepting of certain things. It's like, I, I think I said it um, well before, you know, like back in 2002 when they tested out the new He-Man, you know, kids didn't like He-Man's design because they thought he was a nude guy running around. But yet in the 80s, bodybuilding and all these things, flesh was kind of readily on display and Conan the Barbarian books were on the shelves, Meatloaf album sleeves were on the, on the shelves half naked dudes in line plots was kind of part of the course it was it was it was it was the standard back in you know the early 80s but as as the yeah. years went, that became a little bit more silly and all the rest of it and we're far more accepting of silly things like we don't remotely blink at the name buzz off but a kid is gonna say buzz off that's stupid you know and they've got so much more sophisticated now with cloud and their big swords and the crazy cool designs and all these whaley over designed things and stuff like that so we are of a generation i think i I wonder i wonder if we're all the same like i loved i mean i got into conan the barbarian i got into like frank frazetta paintings and and boris Halo. yes and and um you know i wonder if we're all like that same sort of you know that we sort of we like Star Wars, but Star Wars isn't our thing. But this this fantasy sword and sorcery genre became our Star Wars, you know. And and you're right that Absolutely. that is that is kind of left the lexicon, really. It has, hasn't it? Barbarian fiction and fantasy is very much the years 1977 to 1985. It doesn't go beyond that. You'll find no new real barbarian sword and sorcery after a certain date. Yeah, Masters came out in 1987, but that movie was actually delayed. It was about a year earlier, blah, blah, blah. And so, so, and at that, they went more science fiction with the Masters movie and less sorcery. 
So that kind of tells you where the 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 the, 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 the kind of pop culture thing was kind of heading. You know, we were in to a thing with dudes and lion clots when dudes with lion clots was everywhere. It was again album sleeves, book covers, movie posters. It was everywhere. Conan the Barbarian comic books were huge. Conan books were yeah. Huge. Sword and Sorcery, Atar, Beastmaster, you know, all these things, Hercules, no freaking no Hercules, all these things, half-naked dudes running around with big swords. That was a jar jam, but it's in this little window of about eight years from about 1977 to 1985. And we are that generation. Now, whether we're going to keep buying stuff, I mean, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to say because it's like, you know, um, Always new figures come out, and you, you you'd think like, oh, the Mass Universe classics. Oh, we don't need any more Mass Universe figures. Now that we got classics, but oh, you go back and look, as beautiful as they are, it's like, oh yeah, some of that's kind of a bit dated looking though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, maybe some of the newer stuff is nice. And yeah, it's 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 honestly, it's quite hard to predict that one. I I don't know. Are we are we in a bubble? Basically, is my question. Are we in a very specific little line cloth shiny peck bubble? <laughs> mm. You know what I'm concerned about. A bubble you know what actually let me bench that so let me just just segue because it, it involves with you being an artist but um so yeah before we move on to masterverse i'm just curious about uh Eamon o'donohue's origin story as an artist you know um did you always know you wanted to be an artist or perhaps you know perhaps the first time you picked up a crayon you're like this is my thing or did it come later for you I always drew. I was always drawing. I mean, you yeah. know, I saw the toy boxes when I was like massive was toy boxes at, at a very young, young age. And, you know, what the age of says, you know, seven or eight. And, you know, I just saw you were bombarded with art. You were big box, big battle cat box. Then the figures came with this amazing comic book art. And it was all yeah. art, art, art. You were kind of bombarded with it. And just that kind of imagery. And again, again, just the imagery of a warrior with a sword and a monster it was very potent to me mm. and or a creature or a castle and things like that. it was just those kinds of colors it was, it was very potent and then you obviously discovered the art of frank rosetta and, and boris leo and all these guys too and it's again it's all you know i, I think i said it and on the diamond uh, i didn't interview with diamond and i think it's, it's in like all all the stuff was in all the poster shops as well yeah, going to a post shop. It was all half naked dudes with swords and a, a woman draped over her shoulder around his leg or whatever. That was what we grew up on. Well, know? wasn't that even the culture? That was our movie stars: Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester oh, Stallone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it, it was. We were bombarded with the with the big bodies at a particular, yeah. particular age, kind of thing. And, and again, like like I said, bodybuilding was huge at the time as well. Mm -hmm. I think the He Man figure, the original He Man figure, comes very much out of the bodybuilding world. Did you have any favorite artists um, that you were inspired by or, you know, tried to emulate? I mean, I know we mentioned a few already, but. Um. Yeah, it was just it, uh, people. I mean, Frazetta is my favorite. But as a kid, I, I, while I love Frazetta, I did gravitate more towards Boris Vallejo, you know, and I got, you know, I actually even have it for handiness in my eyes. I got this book. This uh, yeah, I remember that book. The book! The book that every good fantasy kid artist needs. This has got boobs in it, too. <laughs> there we go. I got, I got this book in 1981. Look, I even signed it. 1981. Wow. I had my own little logo back then as well. Look at that, my own little pretentious logo. When you were when you were 14 years old, you had your own logo. Every kid had their own logo when you were 14 years old. I you guess know, I, now you'd I, tag, right? 
I was an artist or amateur artist, and yeah, I did the same thing. I had my little sign logo, and I put a yeah, little like sign. Even had a name, the extremist. I was like, yeah, I'm dead cool. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Boris was a bodybuilder. I think his wife was a bodybuilder too. I think. Yeah, his first, his first, uh, uh, the woman that he models in, the, in this was his first wife, Doris Vallejo. But his uh, his his second wife, uh, Julie Bell, has become quite the proficient actress. So she's an amazing actress now. She's very, she's kind of come very much on her own different path now and stuff like that. But yeah, it, it was just, it was just, and you can kind of see that in my art as well. You know, I always like it. If you want to, if you if you like more Frazetta art, you look at like Nate's stuff. Nate's a bit more Frazetta. He's got that energy and yeah. all the rest yeah. of this stuff. And me, it's kind of it's a bit more posy, <laughs> for want of a better description. And and just you know, I I I I rendered and drew from photographs as a kid quite a lot. So I was very always very rendery and and shady and and kind of realistic and stuff like that. So and, mm. and, and as a result of that, when you try to go more realistic, you end up making more mistakes. And, Pluses and minuses there kind of a thing. But yeah, no, I love I just I just drew from photographs and at bodybuilding magazines, Flex magazine. You used to buy Flex magazine, you know, when you were a yeah. silly kid, started lifting your first weights and gains no muscle at all. You wondered why am I not getting any muscle at the age of 16? Well, I'm lifting these weights, man. I'm not, not getting any bigger. Turn diet. <laughs> you need to eat more, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that at 13. Yeah, I had the um I had some sort of, maybe I was a little older, but some sort of Arnold Schwarzenegger book or something like that. I was yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, and, uh, you know, I had all these, like, workout techniques, and I'm like, I'm going to look just like that, you know? Yeah, right. I'll, I'll look this by next year. No. How <laughs> <laughs> deluded we were as teenagers, eh? Yep. So, so you know, uh, as an artist, um, well, everyone, I think, uh, has their strengths and weaknesses, and artists are no different. Uh, even the journeymen uh, talk about it. So, um, like, some artists can draw gorgeous faces, but, um, like, with ease, but they've always struggled with hands, like, all their life, you know? So, do you have anything that comes easy to you and its counterpart stuff that you still struggle with? Dude, I struggle all the time. I beat my art into submission. Seriously, if I showed you a work in progress of my art, like if if you saw, like I'm I'm working on a piece now, and it's like I, I if you saw the difference of of a four hours, what I can do with a painting in a day from how it started off, you'd say it looked terrible, and then but after that four hours, it looked like a proper thing. But I, I yeah, I mean I, I I've never any formal art training. No one's ever taught me art, so everything I've learned, I've learned entirely on my own. Oh and really? Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm the only one around here as well and stuff like that. Really, the only kind of art, art kind of teacher I've ever had was like getting advice of Emiliano Santa Lucia on occasion. You know, that's the closest I've ever got to having any kind of formal training at all. And I need, and I actually need some formal training because I, I, I'd be quicker, more efficient if I could. Um, especially with anatomy and, and things like oh, that. It's, that was always my struggle, anatomy. It's, but it's, it's every artist's struggle. And then when you're talking about masters of the universe, you're talking about every muscle pops, every muscle shows, and every muscle has to be there, and every muscle has to look right. So it's been a very big challenge trying to get these get these masters, especially in the first few ways of masters, on the, on the master first. Also, it was really hard for me to try to, especially trying to get on the anatomy as well of, of, of some of the animators as well because they had Eddie Nunes doing the anatomy on these things and his anatomy is way different to how I would draw anatomy but he understood anatomy way better than I did so it was, mm. it, was it had that great thing and, and it is once you understand where things join up if you can visualize a skeleton and you know all the where all those buttons and all those muscles are attached 
you're golden. And I'm starting to grasp that, but I've learned that the hard way by literally uh, picking up like great art books like this. That. Why not, Anatomy? Get this book. Because whoever, <laughs> whoever is illustrating in these knows what the hell he's doing. Like he breaks everything down. And it's just, just really great breakdowns of the muscles. Wow. And he really understands. And it's like, if I'm stuck in a body part, I'll pop this, you know? And it's, it's, so yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard. I mean, I like to think I'm good at faces. I think I, I think I can do quite, you know, quite a, a diverse faces. And I, I think I put some nice gesture into my characters on occasion. So if you look at my characters, they'll always be something doing with their hands. Even they'll be doing a gesture or something like that. I try to add as much, because I'm always afraid my stuff is a little stiff. So that's why I try to as much gesture and maybe a coy of the head or raised eyebrow or anything like that in, into my art and things like that. Because it's it's very hard to to do what 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 I do, especially when it's like Ram Man was really hard because he's mm. thing this big old armor over him and you kind of got to imagine it and foreshorten it and it's just really hard. And he's just, he's a big oversized dude with massive hands and things like Grizzlor was a pain in the butt just trying yeah. to just because he only has three fingers. And just trying to do it, do it with three fingers, it was surprisingly annoying to do because they had to kind of remove, look at a hand, and then remove these two, but that didn't work right, and it was just weird and stuff like that. But yeah, so Grizz, Grizz, Grizzlor, Grizzlor was incredibly tough. Buzz off was lovely because he's got claws. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> you know, but Frank yeah. Fazetta, Frank Fazetta always made it look easy, and um, yeah, I, you know, I'm just an amateur artist, but that's what I always struggled with anatomy. And this was like, I, I, I think I once heard that it's good to draw even skeletons first. Just practice oh, drawing no, the no, human no. skeleton. It's, you know, it's only occurred to me in the last like few years that you do your gesture lines, then you do your under under skeleton to kind of solid it up, and then you put your boxes and circles over that, and then you attach your muscles to all of that. Then again, I always I always kind of in my brain growing up, I'd always just separate those different disciplines of just drawing anatomy, and I was just like, oh, I'll just draw what I see, and it's like, no, 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 no. You you need to understand what goes on underneath to really kind of get you know you need to know that the bicep comes down and the deltoid attaches under the bicep because then you'll understand that it'll curve under and all these things and i've literally learned all this since i've been just dropped head first into the masters of the universe stuff hmm. and it was head first because up to that point I, I i i painted a few you know beefcakes and stuff like that up to the point and i of course i'd done some uh massive dvd seeds as well for here in the uk and and and, and some for um, entertainment rights as well but that was all based on filmation, and you can look at filmation and things like that. But these these masterverse ones are brand new. You have to go put a brand new look for the character. It has to be dynamic because you really want to sell the because you know you don't want to do stiff stuff like it was in the eighties. You want to do yeah. dynamic, actiony stuff because you want to show these characters are they're a bit more dynamic now. So you know what I mean. So like be it Ram Man or Evil Lynn or any of these kinds of characters, you know you want to just for masterverse you want to make them a little louder. A little bit louder than they've ever been seen before. They want to have more movement, more more capture, more gesture, more you know, more. So that's a good segue to jump into Masterverse. And actually, wait the um, circle back to the bubble. One last thing. One last thing in regarding artists. And I, it feels like we're on a bubble. Um, in regards to, and this is a doozy, artificial intelligence right? right um as a professional in the industry you 
Uh, how would you gauge your worry about this industry and the emergence of art created by, you know, AI? I'm not, I'm not worried uh, in the slightest. This reminds me of, like the Millennium Bug. Remember everyone lost their shit over that? Yeah. That's, it's, it's the same thing. Shock, surprise. Um, to be a good artist, you need to be artistic. Typing, typing in words, you can delude yourself all you like. You don't have the brain to really make art if you're using AI art. If anyone who is leaning on AI art as their main source of creativity, then you're just kidding yourself. And the thing about AI art is, is that only artists know that how to improve on the AI art. So I could I could start with a piece of AI art, and but I have the artistic skill to make it better and to make it my own. There's been a new law passed, by the way, where basically uh, no, you cannot copyright AI art. <gasps> you cannot copyright AI art, boys and girls. You, 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 you're catching that? You cannot copyright it. Why? Because it's not creative, because it's not unique. It's photo bashing of the highest end. And that's all AI art is. It just cobbles everything together that's already been made. Ergo, it can never be unique. It can never have a voice. It can never have real humanity in it. Who, who wants to read a love? Would you read a love letter from a robot? No. If you've got a love letter, if you've got a love letter, I mean, it, uh, you know, it depends if it's, you know, that chick from Star Trek, original Star Trek. <laughs> sure, maybe. Fine. But let's face it. You're not going to really respond well to a love letter written by AI. Are you? So why on earth you would respond to art drawn by a computer where it has, it's, it's meaningless. It means nothing. But not also that, it's artists create art. Hacks can create anything they want and it'll still be, it'll still be a hack creating something. It won't make any difference because to understand what the thing he is doing, you have to have an artistic mind. I'll be able to use AI way better than any other prompt engineer they're called now. <laughs> get, give me a, get out of here with six off. Whatever, man, just, you do you, us artists, over here, we'll, we'll, we'll keep doing our thing, but rock on with that whatever 10-fingered, eight, six-pack guy you have going on there. Off you go. Good luck with that. All right. But that law you mentioned is genius. Is that, so that's in the UK? Did they just pass that? Uh, I, you think can't... I think that's going to be in the US as well, but I, I do believe some European uh, countries are already, already – so I think it's already in the case in Italy. You can't copyright AR. You, how can you copyright anything that's made using everyone else's stuff that's already been made illegally it harvests everything to make something and you have to it has for for ai art to be registered as cop copyright if you copyright anything you create an ai it has to be substantially altered and you need artistic skills for that you want to be an artist go learn to draw it's very simple it's 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 like it's like vocoder isn't it it's like the auto tune on music you know you, you hear that you know that dude can't sing you know, you hear mm. Cher using it. We know Cher can sing. But all these people coming out there now, like, you know, you can, you can tell that they don't have any talent. So it's, it's, and, but they make money and they make, they, they may make their money and they may be a flash in the pan. But has any auto tune besides Cher's Believe in Life After Love ever actually gone on to be a big song? No, it may be a flash in the pan, but that's it. Anything that lasts is good. And nothing AI is going to create is ever going to last. 
you know, I wonder if someone's going to come up with a hybrid where they do the actual character concepts and designs, you know, the profile, looking from the front, looking from the back, and then have AI create a it comic can. book, right? Time-saving, right? I wonder. It, it can. It, 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 I would potentially use AI on maybe, like, helping me to create a couple of backdrops for a very specific kind of broader concept, like concept work. It'll be kind of handy for knocking up a couple of backdrops, but... I have the artistic skill and integrity to change them, alter it enough to make it mine. Hacks right. do not. That's the bottom line. Artists will always know more than a person who doesn't know art. We will always make it better. And if you want to put an artist on AI, you want to put an AI engineer on AI, who do you think is going to do a good job with the AI? The artist will, because he's, no, he's going to know what to see. He's going to have the creative mind to and know what to change. Most hacks are just punching in a couple of prompts and they're just getting lucky. But I can punch in the same prompts and someone else can bang out the exact same piece of art. So you, you, you can't own something that was never yours to begin with. Because it's, it's art is for humanity, man. You know, it's by humans, for humans, about humans. Mm. You know, I think it's a very vapid person who thinks that, who thinks differently to that. But there might be the kind of people who really like modern pop music and auto tune on their modern pop music too. So, <laughs> yeah, all right. Hate so. People now hate different things. Wait till we get into the Revelation cartoon. Oh, hey, <laughs> I'm sorry for setting you off. So let's go to Masterverse now. Sure. Um, the to the topic at hand. Um, and to make this podcast accessible to everyone, uh, anyone who doesn't know exactly what Masterverse is, uh, back in 2020. Uh, Mattel announced a new collectible action figure uh, line titled Masterverse with the tagline called the Evolution of He-Man. And these Masters of the Universe figures um, were promised to have all these like state-of-the-art aspects, like 30 points of articulation. And the first wave debuted uh, the summer of 2021. And now there's currently around 60 figures to collect. And almost every figure... Uh, excluding like the Virgil Abloh releases, uh, came with two, two uh, original pieces of art adorning its packaging. So, so Amon, uh, take us back as a Masters of the Universe fan. You know, how did you score this job of a lifetime? <laughs> um, well, I'd already been doing some work for Mattel before that, I'd done some stuff on the DC Superhero Girls. So I had done some stuff for that, and I had already done some massive universe stuff already for classics. I'd like to, mm -hmm. I did a She-Ra standee for her 30th anniversary, and I mm -hmm. did that <laughs> all toy lines must end banner with the eagle dropping all the weapons behind the uh, Soar, dropping the weapons and stuff like that. So I've already done stuff for Mattel already, so I was already on the radar. Uh, but I think, um, you know, I, 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 they had me in the girls' department kind of thing, so I eventually made sure I got my art over to the boys department and I just had just had a, it was just perfect timing uh, because they were just launching Master uh, 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 Origins was kind of kicking off and I was told that we're doing a new Masterverse line of high inch highly 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 articulated figures and stuff like that and uh, the first one right out the door was Moss Man and uh, <laughs> I don't know how much I don't know how much I can or cannot say but it, he was originally going to be an exclusive and we did a whole bunch of things like that, but then it changed and it became like the standard retail figure and stuff. And, um, you know, it was myself and Roy, really, Roy Juarez. And um, we literally sat down and we hacked out a whole bunch of plans and ideas, you know, 
for this formatted packaging. Now, I know a lot of people kind of were kind of dead set against against this stuff because they were used to these big exploding rocks. But me and Roy wanted this. We were looking at, you know, the, what Hasbro were doing with the Black Series and 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 Marvel Legends, and we were just seeing that, you know, this having a standardized box seems to be what adult collectors want, and having a cool piece of art on the side. It's just, it's kind of cool. It's just this kind of character piece on the side where it's the head is the same size and this, all the stuff formatted. It's, it's me and Roy, we sat down, we worked all the stuff out and we were like, should we just do one illustration from the back or we do two? And we were like, let's do two. It's a bit nuts. We went for two, but it's, it's stuck and people seem to really love it. And um, yeah, we just kind of, we just kind of started from there really. Mossman was, was really the first one. Then after that, then it was it was He Man, Skeletor, and then, then all then all the rest of them kind of thing. And we got in Eddie Nunez gave me a little help as well on some of those earlier ones as well. You can kind of tell it on, on, on some like the He Man thing. So Eddie Nunez would kind of go in and correct my line work and get it looking very much because I had no access to the cartoon. I was given like, you know a couple of style guides. I had not I had no idea, I and mean, then I just took a wild guess. So I didn't realize you were actually helping design the packaging you know i thought you were just handling the the artwork itself but i didn't know you were actually working with roy you know plotting yeah yeah out. yeah we sat down and we were we, we had to i mean roy had always the template done and he had the idea that it was always going to be this flip thing and he always wanted the castle the pie to power grisk on it along there and he wanted it to always be like rocks but like a slab of rock and these ruins were created by the animation studio so we just kind of wanted to incorporate that kind of into it and there were just new ruins for you know, just just for the brand in general, just be used as patterns and stuff. And they just wanted to incorporate that, and that's that's, that's all we did. Really. We went through many different rocks, many different colors, but we ended up ended up just hand drawing some rock, painting in some cracks. And we overlaid this on top, and you know, we went through a few little color variations. We we just landed here because it was just simple. A little bit of blue. The previous boxes were always red. We decided to go blue, but I guess the Masterverse boxes now kind of we kind of going back to red again with the. the when they did them, the anniversary ones and stuff like that. But yeah, you're kind of going in there blind, like. I took a guess that King Grayskull was going to actually do something like that in the movie that the sword or the show was going to be split on that. So thank. So a lot of the stuff that I was thinking it was going to happen in the show was serendipitous. It was like, oh, I think this will happen. And sure enough, something like this did kind of happen kind of a thing. So it was just, wow. you know, it was just really, it was just really, really, really cool to, to get, get, to get characters and to get, just to kind of guess like Savage He-Man, for instance, we were given, I was given nothing. I was like, He's, is he going to, is, I bet you he's just going to go savage everyone. And like, is he going to be up against some royal guards? And sure enough, I did a pose where he was getting shot out with loads of blasts. And it was, it just fit. He was like, yeah, he is actually getting shot by royal guards. Like, yeah, it's brilliant. So it worked out quite nicely and, 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 a, and a, lot of, a lot of those ways as well. You know, so. you had mentioned about the two art pieces, which is amazing that um, because you guys could have easily opted for a single piece of artwork uh, per Masterverse figure yeah. release and, and fans would have still been over the moon. You know, you could have repeated it, you know, on the spine, but have the full artwork on the back. And uh, but you guys really spoiled us with two and it really wasn't necessary, but it, it was so wonderful, you know, that yeah, the fact you know, that I, I, you, you could argue that it's a little bit overkill and stuff like that, but I just think. The idea, I think, was is that we want to make you know it's 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 been a while since these KR characters have been in kind of retail at such a high end, and it was new. You know, we it's it's new. We want people to be you know be excited, and the idea was that we wanted to show the character in full action on the back, but give a kind of a beauty shot on the side. So the character's been the character's posing for a photograph on the side, literally posing for a photograph on the side, 
on the back during the middle of the action. And that's kind of the format we kind of went with and stuff like that. I keep looking at the light up here. I should be looking at the camera here. I keep looking at the light up here. So yeah, and that's where, we, that's where we went. The character is literally posing for a photograph like Orko's taking a photograph. And that's kind of the idea of the side. Literally, the character is posing, striking a pose because they know they're actually being photographed. Whereas that we wanted to have at the action sequence, full power, showing the display of power uh, on the back. So that's kind of what we wanted. To, we wanted to show these these characters are iconic. These are big archetype yeah. characters and all these other things, new fantasies that are much more sophisticated can come and go. But these are these are the archetypes, you know. This is the quintessential ice princess after all, you know. Hmm. You know, um, and it's so great to display. I mean, it's hard to tell, but I, I have like the spines out on many figures, like way on top. And um, yeah, I it's, that's cool. And so many fans just um, have them displayed that way. Like they don't even take them out of the packaging and they just have the spines of the artwork on their shelf. And it looks it's brilliant. The figure for the arms, like, oh, yes, I think I'll take out Matter of Arms today. It's nice. It's a nice thing to be able to do. I, I like that format. And I think it just it, it gives options to collectors. If you want to collect your figures in a more kind of bookish way, then you've got that angle. If you want them to collect in loose and, and, and flatten your boxes down, you get that angle too. If you want to just cut out the sides and save it up for a big scrapbooky thingy, you got that. So I think it's just nice to give a nice variety of, of you know, just give collectors all the, the, and that's why we went for resealable box as well, you know, to make that collector friendly so you can seal them easily back then. You get the, because it is lovely be able to, I, for me personally, you know, I love being able to like have a figure that I can reseal again. And every time I go back, yes. I get that lovely feeling of opening it again kind of thing. And that, I love that. I love that too. So can you tell us a little more about that collaborative effort with uh, Eddie Nunez, and I, I guess that that went on maybe to was it Triclops? Maybe the last one I did with Eddie was was King was King Grayskull, and I see I, okay. you know, and it's, it's basically what it is is that I sketch it, I have an idea of how I want the layout to be, I know the pose I want, and I would sketch out the pose and all the rest of it, and Eddie then will literally correct my artwork and, and kind of go over i'm i'm not not that it stopped afterwards so once once king that was the last time we did that was king chris with some evelyn and all those all onwards that's all all me and stuff like that but just for those first figure few figures i kind of i i i Ed, we, we just got eddie and to get it really on model because try as i might without any animation i was going to be very hard for me to really get it exactly on model and and right. we want we just didn't want standard He-Man illustration. We just didn't want a standard He-Man on the side. So I'd come in and I'd sketch out He-Man doing his pose. I'd have He-Man running with the sword, and then Eddie would come in and bulk him right out and give it give it the Eddie shapes. And then I'd paint over that then again. So it's pencils by me, then Eddie, then painting by me again. So it's kind of like that kind of thing. Was Mattel involved too? And what I mean is, um, I guess it's I guess it's involved with creative freedom, but. Um, uh, you shared some grayscale concepts, um, I believe it was on Instagram, and it actually had notes, notes that someone left you, and they seemed like micromanagement. And uh, like I recall you shared a uh, grayscale He-Man from wave one, where He-Man's in this like Conan the Barbarian-like pose, and he's gripping the power sword, you know, with, with both hands. And in front of him, the note said, please rotate sword, yes. you know. A few degrees, right to yeah. the to the right or to the left. So that seems like very well in micromanagement. I don't mean it that way because there's some negative connotation to that word. But was there that degree of um, scrutiny to at least in the beginning? No, 
honestly, Skeletor was, was a bit more tricky because we didn't know whether he had a sword or not. We wanted the staff in the picture and things. So I went through quite a few iterations of that Skeletor pose to kind of to kind of get it right kind of thing. So yeah, the first few were, were definitely because I, they, they were so precious. Metellar, you know, this is the new big thing. They wanted it to be just right. Um, right. And yeah, it, it, it wasn't it, one or two occasions where they were pushing and we, we really needed to get it, get it, get that and things like that. But the good part about it is you have artists like, you know, Nate, myself, Axel and Simon. We, we're, we're huge fans of this brand and we know these characters. And, and and so it's it's we, we kind of know what we're doing sometimes you know six times out of ten maybe you know that they will have a specific idea but other times they won't they'll say oh well, i will come up can you come up with something for instance like buzz up for instance stratos you know but they, but they're specific in that we he must have the the mask on he must have this on that i must have the, the the thing is kind of thing but we want we want just a kind of a shot so, so sometimes they'll really dictate you exactly what they want other times then let little let, let loose and I'll come up with a couple of sketches kind of thing and then they'll pick the sketch that they want kind of thing and so yeah sometimes it can be a little bit tricky but most of the time nine times out of ten we usually do one or two sketches and it's usually the first sketch usually gets the okay and we'll go from that so I think Faker we did a bit of jigging or jiggy pokery with Faker because we wanted him to look um quite menacing and so we kind of had to hunch him a little bit more and things like that. I'd have, I'd have looking a little bit more stoic, but we kind of want him a bit more horror and stuff like that. So, uh, like, and, and Roy was quite specific what he wanted for um, the Horde, for instance. He wanted the Horde to be very horror-like. And that, that was cool. So, like, I'll post it sometimes. So, like, I'm, like, my original sketch for Shadow Weaver was actually her commanding a squadron of Batmechs. So she was like, there's a whole bunch. She was pointing forward and the big big load of Batmix are just flying behind her, just like loads of them. But Roy's like, no, 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 I want I want her to be much more horror-like. And we did that. So we And, and fans love the horror thing. So they, that's an example there, like where I would have done something that maybe that Roy picked something that was maybe a better idea kind of thing. So that, that, and that's how it goes. And it's great fun, you know, it's, it's, it is good fun. You know, and, and on, on occasion, then it's like, oh, well, you know, the character might not do this. And it's like, we'll go back and forth with a character to this. Will we do that? Yeah, okay, no, pose them like that. So if the character is a bit like that. And, you know, it's it's great fun to be talking every day about characters that you love. Yeah. You do get a bit of burnout, especially after a few, a few weeks of intensive work. Like at the moment, I'm really, you know, nuts deep into heavy duty Masterverse work. And it's like, oh. It's a bit, it's a bit overwhelming at the moment. But I'll, once I get through the other side of it, next week will be great. And I'll be look back and I'm like, oh yeah, we did that. And seriously, wait till you see what we're doing. There's some really cool stuff happening. You ain't seen nothing yet. Ah, uh, so, all right. With that, I mean, in regards to the time frame, right? Like, how how soon do you get work? Like, you're working on Masterverse figures now, right? How soon do you get? It in the project before the figures release say a wave is slated for december let's just throw that out there and um when would your assignment be due roughly approximately if it was like coming out hitting shelves in december are it's, you working on it it's it's it, it things things are getting increasingly tighter so they are things are getting increasingly tighter so Actually, I can actually kind of tell you if I look at my files, if I can look at the creation of the BuzzOff file, for instance. So BuzzOff is just in stores now, right? You, you are yes. one of the first people to actually get BuzzOff now. So he yes. is officially hitting stores this week. So that's a good example. 
So let's have a look at when I created Buzzoff. Yeah, many faces, many faces, many faces. Buzzoff came before many faces didn't he did. Roboto, Frosta. Well, Frosta, I think I got in hands in December, actually, of last year. So Frosta could be a good example. Okay, Frosta is a good example. Okay, Frosta is a good example then. I, I would have I got finished Frosta. I would have finished Frosta in June or July. Okay, okay. So we're talking and, really happy years. About five, four, five months ahead of schedule kind of a thing. Um mm -hmm. Which is cool, you know, and and again because you know the, the, if you see the, and the windows aren't getting tighter, so like the movie figures, like the the movie figures, like were quite um, quite close to like literally in like a couple of months. I'd done the art, I'd seen the boxes, like oh wow, okay, it's kind of thing. So I think it depends sometimes on, on the figure because I think the movie figures had a different approval situation going on because obviously they're based on a movie, not uh, not uh, just Mattel stuff there, it's kind of thing. So I think the movies were a little bit different. That's where, but yeah, generally speaking, it's about, it's about six months. Give or take. Do you get to so say let's just say Frosta? We're talking about Frosta here. So six months before, what kind of packet would you receive like now? I mean, I understand in the beginning it was a little different. Meaning, do you get a uh, a shot of the prototype of the figure? Yeah, 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 yeah. You get you, okay. get, you get full full three D renders of the of of the prototype. And sometimes you know you see earlier versions of them and stuff like that as well. And sometimes the prototype may change from the final thing and stuff like that kind of thing. So yeah. Hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, so some of them must blow your mind sometimes. You're like, whoa, they're working on this now, you know, kind of well, actually yeah, yeah, goes... getting the movie figures, man. That was that was that was a feather in my cap, to be honest. I was, you know, I'm, I'm delighted to be, I'll draw any master universe you want. And it was an honor to be doing the master stuff and to be to, but then to get the movie stuff. I'm like, Yeah, yes. I know you're well, I'm a big fan, of, I'm a big fan of that. But I like I I love it. It's I, it's not Masters of the Universe, but it's a Masters of the Universe, and that's why I like the movie. It's a version of Masters of the Universe. Not, it's not our version, for God's sakes, much to our annoyance. But I've just grown to love that thing over the years, and 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 I do very much appreciate. It. And then designing the, or doing the boxes was brilliant because it's my like they put a a lot of work went into the pre-production of that movie. It was a really ambitious movie had it been fully paid for i'm telling you man had canon not flipping being gangsters like they were you know yeah. that movie would have been that movie would have fared a lot better because it was a far more ambitious affair and they literally just how he managed to make a movie with what he had it was an impressive enough feat if you actually do look at it but anyway i, I digress i it was a, just a joy to be doing the movie figures it was total joy to be doing them and to, to, to and then to, it was roy's the idea to do a lovely big kind of you know, gatefold where like one character runs into the other and stuff like that, you know? So, and uh, I was you know. a big, I'm a big fan of that film too. Um, I, you know, I had um, Richard Sponder, Pig Boy on um, this podcast for the 35th anniversary of uh, Masters of the Universe. And he, he's just a joy to. Um, yeah, absolutely. It's a good lad. Yeah. Well, yeah, on yeah. the, on the battle cast, right? You had him on. Um, yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I love the film too. And, uh, it, you know, I didn't, 
I, I wasn't certain with it at first, you know, it's like uh, Skeletor doesn't sound like Skeletor and, uh, and where is Battle Cat and where's Prince Adam and things do not look, you know, like, like filmation. But now, yeah, as an adult, I've grown to appreciate it, especially that there's even more interpretations now of He-Man. It's not just the mini comic, but you know, we got the regular. Yeah, exactly. Our brains are a little, little loose. We can understand this as, as better as adults know stuff like that. But I mean, you know, we could sit here and question Bill Stout and like, why? Why? But we go back now, we actually look at those things, and there's a bit of thought behind it. They were trying to make their own kind of big fantasy movie. You know, mm -hmm. He-Man's he -Man's crest, yeah, it's not the Iron Cross, but it's a dragon. What does that mean? That's flipping cool. And you go down to He-Man's, his leg grease and his cuffs, and there's like a medieval pattern, but then there's a bit of technology. And there's like, there's a lot of thinking going on there and, and things. And you actually look at some of the backdrops for the movie, and you see all these gods along the the gray skull walls and all these things it's it's a really nice combination of of of, of science and technology in that movie and i thought i thought I, I do you go back in a movie and it's full of beans and it's full of heart that movie and i think it really captures a vibe of masters of the universe that's 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 really nice i think mm -hmm. and uh, but yeah, it was it was just a delight to be doing those figures and so, the figures came out great as well except for I, well, yeah, that's that's what I was just going to lead to now. Um, regarding um, the 1987 movie He-Man figure, um, while not fully reproducing uh, actor Dolph Lundgren's likeness, your artwork, uh, your portrayal of the movie did have an actor Dolph Lundgren likeness vibe, but the figure's two heads, not even close. So can you provide any insight in regards to the right situation, maybe um, why they couldn't I, reproduce. Go I, I, I kind of can't gonna go go into that. I, 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 I know a little bit. All, all I just know is that some actors' likenesses are a little harder to get than others. And I think there was just it was just I think it was more like a cautionary measure uh, at, at that point because I think there was just a, a few bumps in the road kind of thing of, of the likeness. So I think that was just them playing it safe to be fully on the safe side, but. I can't really go into any, any much more any much more, more detail than that. But when I was painting it, I my painting was I was going to make a Dolph esque. So he's a mm. bit like Dolph, but not photographically exactly like Dolph. But he's Dolph esque, you know. It was, it was kind of a safe bit because I didn't know I didn't know where they were going to land. So I played it safe and I just said, "Well, we won't make him exactly like Dolph, but I'll give him Dolph vibes. So we'll make sure I give him that good jawline and give him that nice." high cheekbones that Dolph distinctively has as, 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 as his version of He-Man. And I love how you could put those those Skeletor and He-Man boxes together yeah. you know, in the back and it makes one entire setting. It's so fantastic. Yeah, I, I know you're not going to be able to answer this question, but is there any chance we'll get more movie figures than just the I, iconic He-Man and Skeletor? I couldn't possibly comment. <laughs> Darn it. Uh, you can't blame me for trying. So... Um, <laughs> I value my job. Okay, so let's let's do this. Let's do this. Um, you, chomping at the bit. Yeah. What you're making a He-Man and Skeletor? I want to do that. So let's talk about selection process. Um, in addition to you, there's other great talents, which you mentioned a few names like uh, Nate Barsh, uh, Joseph John Sakade, Vincent Wang. Um, so how is the work divvied? up between you guys do you guys get to pick from a lot of figures and go oh i want that one i want that one or does Roy no, no, say no 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 it's just it's just 
there's so much work to do. There's just a lot of work to do. It's just it's just who gets it gets it gets to it first. Basically, whoever's available, you know, mm. um, you know, you know, um, I think we got Simon Eckert now coming in now, and you're gonna and uh, his 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 stuff has been absolutely lovely. Like his his, his, his new adventure Skeletor has been absolutely lovely and stuff like that. But yeah, no, it's. It's all good, man. I, you know, I was lucky to get the movie figures. I hope I get to do more movie figures, you know, kind of thing. But if I'm put on to on a new Eternia figure or I'm put onto a Revelation figure, I don't mind, man. I'm, I'm, I'm happy now. I'm getting mass numerous work, and I'm just happy to be to be doing whatever. So obviously, there's like, oh, I would have loved to have done that one. Oh, it's easy. And all of, you know, you're obviously, obviously, there's going to be a bit that, but it's it's all good, man. It's a good buffet. You know, for all of us all creative speed to, to, to be eating from and stuff. So yeah, um it's not really there's no there's no real preferential treatment or anything like that's not as far as I'm aware anyway. And uh, it's just you know, it's just you, 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 we're all we're all hopefully good artists and we're hopefully making fans happy and we just do we just do what we're given and we do it with a smile. Mm. Okay. I just had this like vision of you guys like fighting behind the scenes. No, you know? no, 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 no. I'll trade you one buzz off for one, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. It's, 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 because you know we work at a different paces and stuff like that and, and things, you know. So it's like you know, for instance, like I did an origins, you know, I did the Sunman box. The Sunman, the trio, yeah. yeah. So it's, there you go. And it's it's because you know you know there's so much origins work to do. Clearly, I had to. You know, cover a, a little bit of time there and make up for a little bit of last time, kind of thing. But and that's just the way it is. You know, there's just a, there's a there's a lot of work to do, and and we there's a roster of artists there now, and uh, that that has increased. So it's just whoever gets to the projects first at this stage, now kind of thing. Obviously, you know, obviously, I think Francesco and Axel they get they get and and Nate they primarily get the origin stuff and things like that. So and then myself and Simon will be doing uh, do the uh, the the masterverse stuff and. Um, Vincent as well. So there you go. So yeah, I don't I don't mind it. I'm I'm all good. I'm very, very, very satisfied work-wise with whatever I get. I just I would like to maintain and keep doing the movies though. I will categorically say that. Whether they choose to do that, it's up to them. But uh, I hope I hope I keep doing the movies because I think I did a good job and I think fans liked it too. So hopefully I'll um, yeah. continue so, to get the movies done. Roy knows that, right? It's like yes. I would love to do the movies. Yes, <laughs> I, any love other... movies. I just, I just, I do love doing them. It's just, and you know what? I want? Challenge. Hmm? I want a pig boy. I want a pig boy, either in Revelation style oh, or the movie style. And again, he's a well-designed character. You look at him, and it's like he's got this lovely long garb that's got symbology and symbolism and all over the place. It's just you, you get in there, man, and like look at some of the designs. Even Tila in her little onesie suit. You get in there and look at the stuff on there, and it's like, oh well, there's actually some Viking motifs and leaf stuff going on there. So there is nuggets from her original design in there. It's just you know they gave her a grey leotard for some reason. But mm. I look at that Tila now, and she's like, oh, actually, she's 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 pretty smoking hot that Tila in that movie now. As a kid, I was like, why isn't she redhead? Why doesn't she have the rosy cheeks like the like the Tila in the cartoon? And I was like, who's this brunette chick? Yeah. You know. Now I look. Now I look at Chelsea Field in a whole new way. It would grow in my eyes. I'm like, she was very hot. In fairness, well, yeah. Even back then, you know, with Skeletor, I was like, why is he saying, you know, you're bumbling boob? But now I love the Alpha and the Omega and, and yeah, the absolutely. 
I mean, I right. never liked the bubbling boob stuff because as a kid, I, I read the mini comics for about a, a oh. year and a half before I saw the cartoon. Okay. So I had a very, I had a particular voice of my skeleton in my head already. So when the cartoon came out, I was like, oh, he's very shrieky. Okay, that's the way it is then. And that's what I was, yeah, I had a very wispier voice in my head as a kid. And I think if you have a few fans like who grew up in the mini comics, well, you, you'd hear them saying the same thing because the speech bubble his words, his dialogue was different at the different font yeah. from the other characters. He sounded specifically differently from the other. So I always managed to be kind of a crispy, raspy, or kind of ghostly voice. Yeah. You know, I did hear actually, now that I'm thinking that you weren't necessarily a filmation guy where I was like raised on, you know, filmation was the fandom that, you know, uh, is shoulders my fandom rests upon. So um, I love filmation as an animation studio. I mean, Brave Star to me is magnificent the f mm. i recently only this year saw the full flash gordon animated movie and that is magnificent it's on youtube by the way kids it's mm -hmm. it's, it's 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 not the best quality and it's got some odd subtitling on there but my god watch the flash filmation the full flash gordon animated movie man it is superb mm -hmm. it's great action it's dark and it's broody and it's way too it's quite violent actually so it is I love filmation, so I do, but I will always question the logic of you got this cartoon, it's a dude with a battle axe, and you just have been chucking your sword the whole time around. And it's like, what What did you think you were making here? And it's just, there was just too many corners cut. I literally know that's the filmation stuff, but I love filmation. They are a great American studio. You know, you they're, yeah. they're, they're, their, their quality of their drawings is superb. The quality of their back background paintings, superb. Amazing mm. people have come through. So I'm never going to knock filmation. But when it comes to He-Man, there was just a few things that I'm just like, really? The buttons on his harness were too much for you. Were they? Really? <laughs> come on. And then, and then that stupid hairdo. That's he. Ah, that uh, come figure, on. The figure didn't have that hairdo. That's not the figure. It's just, it's a very. It's, and you saw Filmation's early attempt at animating He Man, where he didn't have that silly hairdo. He had a proper good kind of oh, the commercial. Yeah. yeah, the TV commercial. You saw what Filmation could do with, with if they wanted to. So I'm, I, and I understand why they didn't, but come on that hairdo and just the buttons on his thing and it's just uh, really the buttons on his belt are too much lads <laughs> lazy or what so you know but I, it's, it's, it's not as bad as there there was a spider-man cartoon where i remember they only gave netting to his like head you know yeah. and the rest was just yeah exactly well actually was notoriously flipping lazy so, you know, but I, I love animation. I, I like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to hopefully watch, I'm actually going to see if I'm going to hack my DVD player to see if I can get it playing my, my Brave Star, uh, BCI Eclipse Brave Star DVD. Because the Brave Star motion picture to me is magnificent. Mm. I think it's one of the finest bits of American non-Disney animation out there. You know, it really is special, the Brave Star animated movies. This is why I love, I do love filmation. You know, I think when, when they wanted to, if they my good little lords, what Chris, what Kevin Smith would say. You know, they're absolutely brilliant. Again, especially like Brave Star. And go back to watch that Flash Gordon animated movie, man. It is dope. 
No, I did actually catch that years ago. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm with you recommending that. It's been a long time, but I remember, and there was some rotoscoping in there too. And uh, oh yeah, there's, there's rotoscoping in Brave Star as well, but yeah. it's just done really well. Like they've really got mm -hmm. their technique out, and you know, it's they're not they're not beholden to it. You know. Yep. Yep. So I've been a big uh, proponent for um, uh, some figure companies um, put the artist's name on the bottom of the box, you know, they actually give a little credit and I've been a big proponent to get that on the bottom of Masterverse. Has that ever been discussed or is that something you're comfortable even bringing up or it's just something as a, as a, you know, as a freelance artist, you just, you don't discuss, you know, whatever they do, whatever they do. Yeah, it's, 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 it's their decision at the end of the day. It's really cool that some companies do do that, but I'll tell you, it's, mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's rare that they don't. And it's, it's the more the norm that they don't, you know. Yeah, um, know. At the end of the day, people are buying an action figure, and nice art is a nice added bonus. So the the real, you know, and again, like the like the sculptors and figures aren't, you know, designer. Like Terry's not mentioned as the designer on the box or anything like that. So, you know, oh. uh, but it's it it's it, 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 it's just a company thing. You know, Hasbro don't do it. And I just think it's just a bigger bigger company thing because. They want to, you know, companies want to be seen as like an entire entity and not not down to individual artists kind of things and stuff like that as well. Kind of thing. So, yeah. mm. that's just, that's okay. just it's just it's just it's just it's just the way that I don't mind. Particularly, I'm, as I said, I'm just happy to be doing the work in this day and age. You now, most of us artists were just happy to be the, to be getting the regular work that's good work and it 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 it, and it pays the bills, you know. And and if we're content, all is good. I get my ego scratched by showing off the artwork and saying, "Hey, look, I did it," you know. I get my ego yeah. plenty with with like doing action figures and, and design and stuff like that as well and going out there so you know it, it you know if i if this was maybe one job in out of the blue then yeah please i need credit i need credit it depends where you are you know when you're when you have a lot of work you're kind of like ah whatever i'm fine i'm good i'm good i'm good i'm good and you know maybe if this was 10 years ago it's like oh i really would love it to get more credit kind of thing but no when you get older and you're just happy to get the work and you realize how tough the industry actually is then you're just grateful to be getting any kind of work, be it credit or not. You know, speaking of credit though, um, geez, and what great timing. Um, two days ago, the book. Um, I'd, be, I'd be remiss in my duties. That's something else I've been asking for in my unboxing videos. Um, we're getting a Masters of the Universe Origins and Masterverse art book. And how cool is that? I know, man. It's been absolutely been dying, dying, dying for this. I kind of figured it was going to happen. Uh, yeah. kind of thing I, you know it was, it was just really lovely to see i didn't actually find out till nate's posted kind of thing and then i saw two of my illustrations on the front cover i saw a skeletor and my triclops i'm like hey in there so i've no idea what's in there i hope i hope like the things like the new eternia stuff that i've been doing is in there as well i hope it's not just the the, the revelation stuff i hope as, as much as i'm in, in the, the proud of revelations but i hope the hope I, I just hope there's a lot of me in there because kind of i know there's gonna be a load of origins because my god the body of work for origins is insane but i yeah. just hope there's a hope you know we i hope i at least get my sorceresses and stuff like that in there and things like that. i just i just hope and i hope the movie artwork is in there i have no idea what's in there yet kind of yeah thing. it'd be neat if they actually included like little artist interviews as well you know they did say there's going to be some sort of like interview content or something like that uh, there'll probably be some write-ups on the design of the action figures and, and stuff like that as well i would imagine it'd be a write-up on the design of the thinking from the designers of the action figures and stuff like that as well but mm. yeah. so you you mentioned sorceress let's let's go to your your 
your personal favorites, right? I mean, what would you consider, you know, like a handful, your your personal masterverse favorite artwork creation? Well, what I'm working on right now is probably the best thing I've ever done. So I'm, Isn't I'm, that I'm, always the case? It, it, <laughs> or are you being serious? Yeah, no, actually, no, seriously, it is actually might be the best thing I've ever done. The the the, the one that I, I mean, I tell you what, uh, probably one of my just one of my all time favorites because I just look at it, I'm just like, oh yeah, I painted that. That Skeletor. Yeah, yeah. yeah the that one. Yeah, I am so proud of that one. I, I am so proud of that one, and I'm so proud of this. Because it's a unique pose. He didn't really do it in the movie, but he does stomp around. And I think Frank Langella, I know Frank Langella hit the gym for the movie. And I know he wanted to run around an awful lot more. And Gary Goddard designed the entire Castle Grayskull set to be to have them run around. So that's me kind of honoring that notion that they were always meant to run around and do a little bit more on that final action sequence. But as we famously know, they couldn't even put on the lights. So there you go. <laughs> Put on the lights, um, but yeah, I, this Skeletor, the side back panel and the thingy, I'm very just super proud of that. Oh, because I also went in and to get me arty nerdy about it, about it. I also employed a new rendering technique where I actually rendered this in grayscale and then dropped color on top of it. I painted this with proper color and paint, but this I actually rendered in grayscale and then it ended up just being a bit more cinematic when I did it that way, so you know. If I was to do more Massingers movies, if I'd probably render it in grayscale and do it the, the shady way and stuff like that. Um, Frosta, Frosta here is probably one I'm just, I'm, I just, I'm like, I'm just delighted I even, I even got to do that. It's a, it, I've always had the idea of, I mean, it was, my original idea was a little bit more sexually suggestive. He was going to be a lollipop and she was melting and she might have been licking the lollipop. Oh, no. <laughs> but it was still going to be He-Man, but she was maybe just going to be, but like the, the lollipop is going to be melting down her fingertips and stuff. So it was a bit more sexually suggestive. But just a bit. I, it, it is. But this is much more fun. She's got a little ice popsicle of He-Man kind of a thing there. And she's just, I'm just, I'm just delighted with that. And I just think the rendering on that, of, of that, I'm just very proud of it. I'm just, I love her pose. I love her skin color. She's nice and warm. I've usually had a couple of bumpy roads with skin color sometimes. I might come out a little bit muddy or a bit too green sometimes. But I'm just really happy with her lovely warm colors on her. And again, just just, just the fact that she's got the, the little nod to him in there to give it that that nod. Not to try to make her um, a, a lesser, but I, was just, I, I like the idea of having her the most powerful man universe in the palm of her hand. And I just thought that was a quite a sweet thing to have. And go girls and all that kind of thing. And uh, just the back of it is I'm proud, proud of that. Uh, King Grayskull is, is, is one that I, I really love. Um, I like my um, I like my Dark Sorceress. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I oh, like and that. you said it's a counterpart with Sorceress, right? Yeah, I don't have the box yet, but if people actually do hold this these up together, they, they won't join up, but she's flying this way with a big bat behind her, and the Sorceress is flying the other way with a bat behind her. Yeah. There you go. Uh, there we go. So there you go. Right, let's uh, let's line it up on the video. <laughs> It's no, a little backwards, but, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's faced the other way. We should re reverse, but if you go over, there, yeah, yeah. On on this video, I'll put in post. I'll put up some images so there people you. can see. But it. yeah, just the idea that you know, I we wanted to have the two of them mirroring kind of each other. All sources. Here's the pose. Even as going one direction, sources going the other direction. They won't join up. The illustration won't join because they didn't paint them to join up. But they do mirror each other. And it's just little little naughty things like that. And I just she, I mean it's such a very it's such a beautiful, sexy outfit she's wearing anyway. You know, how could I not have fun with that one? Yeah. Um and it, yeah. I love doing Battle Cat. The Battle Cat one was great to do. Um I really enjoyed Savage He-Man. Um 
Triclops was fun because I always liked the idea of him being a cool swordsman and I just had him jumping down with his cool sword skills, even though you don't quite see that in the Filmation cartoon um, kind yeah. of thing. So there you go. Do you have Do you have any uh, ones you wish you could go back? It's like something that bothers you. You know, any oh, of there's always something that bothers you, man. You like every artist within like six months of painting it, you think it's terrible and you want to go back and repaint it. That's just the way you just gotta let something go, man. And especially when it comes to deadlines, you know, I could honestly, I could be on a painting for ages. The current one now that I'm doing now is taking me ages to paint, but I've been having the luxury of being allowed to be given ages to paint it because we, we wanted to get, get it right. It's, it's It's special. And we want to get it right. And and so occasionally I do have the luxury sometimes of really just knuckling down and really getting it done and refining and stuff like that. But when there's a deadline looming, you just have to let it go, man, and just hope hopefully you, you if generally speaking, if I'm happy with it, usually fans are happy with it. That's not to sound arrogant, but I know myself as a fan what I like. And there's a few occasions where I was like, oh, hopefully fans like I like I struggled a bit with Ram Man. Ram Man was hard, but I'm hoping fans liked Ram Man, and it sounds like they do like Ram Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ram. Was so a good response. That's that's great when that happens, kind of a thing. And you know, it 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 can be difficult sometimes these characters, especially with someone because everything has to be dynamic. It's not just a dude. Right. It's very the side panels are always easier, which is probably why the side panels always seem a bit more confident. In, in terms of my drawing, because the back panels are always have to be dynamic. They have to be the character in an action pose doing something action-y. And it has to be usually at a cool angle. It's always above, or you'll see always, you'll always see the back panels are always from above or below, or there's a cool dynamic angle kind of a thing going on with them. And you start mm -hmm. putting characters in dynamic angles, you get foreshortening. You start getting foreshortening, you start getting headaches. Yeah. And you start bashing head against the, the computer screen. Ah! <laughs> So this one you're working on now, uh, which you're saying is the best, could you at least tell us what it is? Could it be, I mean, we know like a Prince Adam is coming out. We know a, a Horde Skeletor. They announced uh, Clamp Champ. You know, we, we know a bunch more that are coming out. I mean, is it one of those or is it something even beyond that? Not saying. Will you be working well, it's on- good. It's really good. And you all are <laughs> very, very, very happy. <laughs> All right. Uh, will you be working on uh, revolution figures one day? I can't possibly comment. <laughs> well, what can you comment? All right, let's circle back to Mondo before we wrap this up. Are we going to talk about revolution as well? Well, well, yeah. But I mean, or circle back to Mondo. Um, uh, Pixel Dan said they're making more revelation figures naturally. Mm -hmm. Natural yeah. in six scale. Naturally, it's got to be He Man. I mean, I, naturally. I Do you would, have? I, I would think so. I would yeah. hope so. You have to have that counterpart. So. Oh, absolutely. But what I'm really looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to the body because they sculpt. Uh, it's a really great sculptor called May Tamatarana. He's the guy who sculpted uh, the anatomy on that Skeletor, and he also is the same guy who sculpted the Sue Storm that I designed for Diamond Select. He's one of my favorite sculptors out there. And, oh, I saw uh, that suit storm with the invisible legs. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Very specific. We had a very specific vision for that, and May absolutely nailed it. He absolutely nailed it. So he's he's great, and he's able to look at art and really able to translate it, which is why that Skeletor looks like he's walked straight out of the cartoon with a narrow waist and everything. And I'm sure whatever's coming next, if it is a He-Man, 
Um, I'm sure whatever's coming next will will look. I like. I cannot wait because they they're 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 beautiful figures, man. Those that, that Skeletor with all the different face plates and every jaws yeah. are articulated. It's so good. I it's know, I love it. such a good figure. And if you know, it, like, like I loved the Revelation cartoon. I didn't think it was perfect, but I loved it. And I just, I just love the designs in it and things like that. I just think they did some really nice, 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 nice work in that. And that Skeletor is a good testament you, to that. You know, that Skeletor was a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. And we're approaching, you know, this year's San Diego Comic-Con. So maybe He-Man, maybe just maybe um, the He-Man animation version. Mondo will announce there. Yeah, I, I don't know. I ha I work with Mondo, but I don't work on any mass anymore except for Mondo. I've worked on lots of other okay. stuff. Okay. Jump over there with the, the designs there of, of the Mondo. So before we wrap this up, go ahead. Tell me about your thoughts of Masters of the Universe Revelation. Give it to me. Go ahead. Give it to you. Um, well, I think certain websites are really. Yeah. Tila was going to replace He-Man. She didn't. Tila was going to get the power sword. She didn't. Did you all change your videos after that, getting those facts wrong? You didn't. Because lying is clickbait, and clickbait gets you clicks. And, you know. Why I don't do think they ever understood the lore, Amon. Because, you know, me being a Filmation fan, it was episode two or episode well, three. Then don't make a video. If you don't understand the lore, don't put out a hateful video with the big, loud, obnoxious, obnoxiously loud text. That's just a flat-out lie. Tila did not replace He-Man. Tila did not lift the sword and become the new He-Man. And that's what these YouTube stations and other select sources factually said. And they're still babbling on like lies don't matter. And they just find it hysterical. For a lot of us, for a lot of us, He-Man went to outer space. So in a lot of our headcanon, who took over the Masters of the Universe and the Heroic Warriors? Oh, yeah, Tila did. You know, in our headcanon, Tila took over for a lot of us in our, in our brain. So having Tila becoming front and center is a fine idea. If you had put it a few more episodes in, though, I think it would have landed better. We needed to see more episodes like episode one, full He-Man. In full gear, doing his dude, best dude impression ever. We needed to see that for maybe two episodes at least, not just one. For them to kind of kill off He-Man at the end of the first episode, I know they probably thought it was daring and bold, which it was, but I do ultimately think that was, yeah, you're being a little too ambitious there. You're already doing very ambitious with your overall plot. And what you did with Evelyn, that's plenty ambitious already. And that's cool. I like what they did with Evelyn. I think what their whole idea and philosophy, what they did there, but the emptiness of the cosmos and all this kind of stuff. I loved all that. That was absolutely pure Masters of the Universe gold. That was very good. Little lofty for Masters of the Universe. I don't necessarily need big lofty ideas in my Masters of the Universe. It's Conan for 10-year-olds at the end of the day, He-Man is. And I, I, and I don't mean that to be littlest, but that's what I fell in love with. And I, right. I like, I'm okay with simplicity. If I want complex storylines, I've got Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. You know, I, I, if I want simplicity, I watch The Mandalorian because it don't get simpler than that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and stuff like that. So I, I loved Revelation overall because the animation was great. I thought the characters lines were really good. I thought the voice acting for the most part was really, really, really good. 
Um, and I, I like the idea of Tila things over, but there was just a few misburns. I think just, I think just, I think how Tila reacted was a bit of a misfire. I didn't, I didn't like that. I just thought, whoa, hold on a sec. You, you're focusing your, these people have just lost their son and you're just talking about yourself hiding a secret. Wait up here, honey, you know, read the room. I just thought that was a bit of a misfire. But every, everything else, usually besides that, I thought that was great. A lot of people, people are silly. She, she's modeled after a Viking, for God's sake. Yeah. Read a book. What? Read a book, people. She's modeled after a Viking. Eva Lynn, when she becomes goddess, Charlotte Flair, boys and girls. You all don't think a certain way of Charlotte Flair when you see Charlotte Flair, do you? But oh my God, no, those clickbaity channels, because that's what they do. That's all these channels can do they can't really do anything it's it's it would be endlessly easier to lay down a hate than to congratulate man yeah. and laying down a hate will always be the simpler for simpler people you know i did also see some predictions that andra was going to be he-man and then i saw some explanations why andra wasn't he-man is that kevin smith quickly changed the animation <laughs> in the in the back half, because you know there was that separation between the who first. Came up with this? Are, are these the same people who like to think the world is flat still or something? Because it's just like, where did you get this? Oh, that's right. You want to think that because you want to get the clicks. Because hating something again is easier than actually giving it actual critical appraisal. Actually, using proper good King's English. To get your uh, a point across, it's, it's it's way harder. It's better to rubbish something. Why do you think all the YouTube videos have got big, loud texts? That's negative. And if you go through these YouTubers and their channels, go look at their other videos. Go look and see what the titles of the other videos are. It's always a negative statement to get the clicks. It's it's tabloid journalism. Yeah. You know what? What, what I found interesting was with. Um... You know, they were they were saying that Masters of the Universe went woke, but if you looked at the um, filmation series, it was sequelizing. It was a spiritual sequelizing. Then that was more woke than any uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation exactly. episode it ever was. It was. It's filmation. Oh, it's because your media that you consume told you it's woke. It's best to regurgitate that though than actually think for yourself, I guess. But Shira was was woke as hell. You know, Oracle popping up and saying, you know, don't play with fire, you won't get burned. Thanks, Oracle. You know, smart. It, it was always progress. It was always He-Man always talked to you at the end of the episode, you know, doing this is wrong, doing this is wrong. And you know, no one better than eyelid. But people don't think of themselves. They can't. It's easier to be fed rather than to think and feed yourself, I guess. So I had... um. A friend of the podcast, Tim Sheridan, on. He's one of the writers for Masters of Universe Revelation, and we did a, a topic concerning this. And um, you know, we're, I was just going through some of the examples of how woke the mention was. Like um, his mother was a astronaut from Earth before there was ever a female astronaut in the United States. I think there was one in Russia. But you have people from I forgot what episode saying that Tila, other than He Man, Tila is the strongest warrior. Yes, she was. Uh, how many episodes of Tila? How many episodes were dedicated to Tila finding her own agency? Yeah. Loads of yeah. He Man rescued her plenty, but there's plenty of other episodes that focus very much around Tila and her agency. I mean, they forget Erica Scheimer was a staunch, you know, LGBTQ person. She was a yep. big, loud advocate for all this, as was Lou. 
this was in the 80s and 90s, man, and they never stopped. It was just, I don't know what people are watching. He-Man was always, if you didn't want woke He-Man, you read Conan. That was the way of it. You go, go read Conan then. He's yeah. got all that stuff going on if you want it. If you, if you want to read it that way, Conan is actually way more progressive than people give credit for. Well, I can go into it. But people are, people just, people don't think for themselves, man. They want to, it's, again, it is easier not to think. It's easier not to 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 actually investigate something. Well, why is that, or how is that, or anything like that? You know, it is the spiritual successor. The Revelation wants a spiritual successor to filmation in every sense of the word. Oh, it's not really a sequel. Well, it is. Go and look at Orko's cabin in the second half of the season. Go look at Orko's cabin. There's loads of little nods from the Filmation TV show. The same stuff that was in the Filmation Oracle's bedroom is in Oracle's bedroom in Revelation. They just illegally speaking, they just couldn't call it the a sequel to Filmation. They couldn't, for legal reasons, call it that because it has right. to be its own things. And Filmation's gone over it now, so it is a spiritual sequel. How could yeah? And be a Ted B, Ted Biaselli came out and said all the episodes count except for a few creative liberties they took. And yeah, Kevin exactly. Smith. Kevin Smith said they wanted that first episode to feel like the 131st episode. Yes, and it does. And it does. Look yeah. at Orko and Cringer, the relationship. It's all there. The royal family. It's it's all there. It's it's totally a sequel. And when I watched that, you see, and I think that I, I think that's kind of why I wanted a couple of words with He-Man in it. And I think mm. for those of us who, who watched a lot of filmation He-Man, I think we were able to make that adjustment to not having He-Man in the in, in uh, effort a few episodes i think we we were able to make that adjustment because as far as we're concerned he's already had you know 64 whatever it was adventures already that we have already seen you know and yeah. this is another bunch of adventures and things like that but you know it's 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 a big netflix thing it, it's it's i i i i love it i i thought you know it did it with triclops become like a cult leader and all these kinds of things i just thought that was really 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 cool stuff i cannot wait for for, Re for Re Revelation. I mean, Ted now has been dropping a couple of hints now and stuff like that. There's some cool stuff coming. People need to be a little bit more savvy and stop clicking. A lot of everything on the internet is true, guys. And it's really shameful that stations can just say whatever the hell they want, be proven totally wrong, and just rock on. But I think we should end up on a positive, though. And not, I don't want to be railing on, on people too much, but just wait till you see what's happening with masterverse guys there's there's some stuff coming and i'm not it's not my position to be telling uh, or, you know, roy and all the gang at mattel they're gonna be doing and stuff like that but like another time we had a video there a while back that was like the line is dying or something and um, <laughs> yeah read the memo wrong there huh didn't they in fairness and and sure enough people jumped on that band oh yeah amen i i mentioned to a friend i didn't even touch that with a 10-foot pole but i mentioned to a friend i wouldn't be surprised if if there was some sort of uh, collusion behind the scenes where the people saying that or the person <laughs> saying that and then the people fighting against it, like all generated this behind the scenes. Like, look, think of all the clicks, man. Think of yeah, all the uh, yeah, views. We got to make that money somehow. To hell with doing a real job. Let's do this. That's <laughs> just great. That's penalty. We but, need to manufacture a controversy. And I'm like, <laughs> we, we're getting Eternia. We got Snake Mountains on the way for Origins. We're getting an Eternia. 
Eternia. Like, yeah. seriously, I never had an Eternia. I still have all my vintage collection in perfect condition with all their boxes played with, opened and played with, but all their boxes, anyone who follows me on Instagram can see that I've got all my figures boxed, but played with. And I, I have an Eternia now for all those vintage. Finally, I have an Eternia and I can't wait to get it. And, and, and I'm not going to go into master stuff because, you know, I, I don't want to spoil any, but dudes, trust me, all the things that you think you want are coming. All right, just it's all good, dude. All, all right. good. It's all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say these, and you don't respond to anything. But please give this a path for. Finally, that would be nice. A pig boy would be great. I know sorceress Tila's got to be in the works. You're not saying that, Amen. Uh, I'm saying that. Um, I would love a motherboard. No comment from you. But <laughs> I know that would have to be a huge figure. Motherboard would be cool. I mean, you know, I I I I want all all every single thing that appeared in revelation i wanted because they were it was they were familiar but still distinctively different in stylings and that's why i really want all the revelation figures all every single character you know we we yeah. just got the big um, we just got the big evil lid and like come on six pack and all she looks amazing she you does know? she looks bloody brilliant so she could take out hulk hogan for crying out loud <laughs> I love all that stuff. I thought what to do with Evil was absolutely fantastic and things. And I just, I, I, like, I'm watching, I'm going to watch Revelation to start because I finished off Obi Wan last week again, just to rewatch it as you do. And I'm going to rewatch Revelation for a fourth time starting next week now again. Like, because I love it. And I think just the, the, the work that it did. The thing is, you can tell certain things are made to make money solely and you can tell things are made because of the love of a thing yeah masters of the universe revelation is made by people who love us they got lena hitty in and she you know she kevin smith said you know he got her for a good price because she loves masters of the Universe when she was a kid and mm -hmm. that's all and this what this brand really really thrives on and you'll you'll, you'll see that you know, on, on the latest clip for you to see if it's a Roy on the video or something like that. This brand is built on love, man. We love it. And everyone involved with it has got love for this thing. Bit the comics, the TV shows. Let's see what's happening with the movie. My God, what's happening with the movie? I thought also people want to shooting this week, this week, this month. We all heard, but let's see what happens there. Um, but it's all done with love. And you look at that film at the Revelation show and hopefully Revolution. Everyone, Ted, Kevin, all of them, they, they love this stuff. That He-Man show is done with clearly written by people who love and knew the material enough to want to, to change it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. They, want, they knew it so well, they wanted to change it up a little. And that's what I love about it. They, they, you can see that. And they're, you, know, you can see that the, was the book of Boba Fett made with any love or was it made as a cash cow? You know what I mean? And it's not to trash anyone who worked on that show or that, because all TV shows are amazing, because they involve all these people having to agree to do one thing. And getting a whole bunch of people to agree to do one thing at any time in human history is, you know, it, you get stuff done. Yeah. Pyramids. Um, and I, I, it's, this, it's the same thing with, with, with certain TV shows and certain modern media and stuff like that as well. And I can, you can tell what revelation and that, that they're made with love. You know, you can tell with, 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 with some of these ones no, that they're, they're made with love. You know, we, we love these characters and, and, and stuff. And 
you know, and 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 that that's what I that's what I really that's why I'm proud, so proud to be in the Master Universe family, for want of a better word, go like Fast and Furious on us now. Um, but that's what I love about it. It's it's lovely to be in a community, in in, in a part of a, a, a gang, a crew, a, a, a bunch of heroic warriors, if you will, that are all lovers of this one kind of stripped back sword and sorcery for kids of the eighties. You know, as I said, you know, Conan for ten year olds. That's what He Man is to me. And for us all to love it and to give it to wanting to give these characters weight and gravitas, which was what, what, what Ted and all the boys did in Revelation. To me, that's just a treat. And yeah, I mean, not everything I will entirely agree with, like maybe the timing of doing that and with the Tila and all that stuff. But the overall plot and the overall thing and how everything came together, was it's beautiful. man. I just I just love it. And you're seeing this now with the boxes and all the rest of this stuff. And look how much work goes into each and every box, be it an Origins or a Masterverse. A lot of work goes into these, man. Two illustrations per box. You know, it's the same with the origin stuff as well. Francesco and X, they're doing two illustrations per box. You know, and it's it's just, it's it's and that requires love, man. And to get all those details and all those little things in the background that people like and love and things like that, that's extra work. But we do it because we love this stuff. We love dropping in a turbo dactyl in the background. And I'm sure Francesco and Axel love dropping in the little dudes in the background. Nate drops a little couple little alien weirdos in the background and, and there's no adventure. No, you know, all this stuff, it's done by people who love it and it shows. It does show. So, and, and, and that's why I love Masters of the Universe even more now than I ever did because everyone involved in it, we're, we're, we're loving it and we're not quite in it for the money, you know. It's a family. It really it's feels a, like a family. Yeah. It's a family, man. <laughs> All right. Well said, Eamon. So, and I really enjoyed our time together here and I uh, look forward to seeing your future work as an artist and a designer. And, Thanks, uh, man. I've got some excited, I'm, I'm just a completely selfish note, uh, not masters related. There's some stuff you all will be buying very soon. It's not masters, but you're going to love it. You're going to love it because if you know my taste and anyone paying attention to how I like things, I'm making some new things and y'all are going to be loving it. And fingers crossed you're going to love it now because it's like, it's all me. It's all me. All, all you need. Ah. It's, 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 it's some, some, inter some, some nice stuff. Cool action figures are coming your way, basically. You know, I, I, I liked your, um, your Jean-Claude Van Damme stuff. That was oh, great. yeah, yeah. That, that's been great. And there's more to come with it as well. I did a lot of versions. So there's lots to come for Jean-Claude Van Damme as well. There's some other little bits and bobs coming as well from Diamond is, is welcoming. But there's some particular figures that are coming now that are they're hopefully going to be released very soon. And we're going to start showing them soon. And I'm hoping to have some at my booth at PowerCon. So everyone who's going to PowerCon, mm. go get your tickets. Go buy those exclusives. And and because they're doing all the, you can buy your formal figures now as well. And a couple of the other, uh, all the other exclusives as well, the Twitter handles. So I think you can buy these is going to start shipping them now. So get on that. Get your get your power because I'm I'm going to get two of those formals excuses tonight because I'm all over those formal ones. And uh, the tweaker head merman bustle might try and get that as well. But I will be at PowerCon this year, thankfully. And um, yeah, come see me. And I'm hopefully going to have a little sequence, little section of my desk where all my other prints are. That's going to be totally not branded even, but a different brand, a different IP entirely. But an IP you're going to love. So mm. wait for it. Can't wait. Yeah. All right, sir, do you want to plug any of your social media channels or anything else? Oh, 
Just follow me. Well, listen to the Hot Toy Cast. The Hot Toy Cast is always there. It's myself, Jeff Parker, and Mike Crawford. They're two old veterans of the of the toy. I'm a slightly less old veteran, so we do that podcast like once every two months when we can. Yeah, these something. guys have been doing it for ten years. So that's yeah, we've, okay, we've celebrated our tenth and our tenth. It was our tenth anniversary and our episode seventy at the same the same episode. So we've been we've been at it for ten years now, kind of thing. So we've we've been long on the tooth doing this, and we have our nice good listenership and our sponsors and everything like that. And it's just good chit chat. It's not like a rambunctious podcast. But we sit down, we review all the latest hot talk, all the latest like six inch or at the twelve inch figures or one six scale, kind of thing. So this is a hot toy cast. You can find me in Eamon O'Donoghue on Instagram. Find me at Eamon underscore on Twitter, and then on Facebook, there's just Eamon O'Donoghue. Now, sadly, my Facebook got hacked there over the summertime. So I lost loads of contacts, loads of friends and contacts. So if you're not a friend of me on Facebook, friend me now, please. Because if you're not my friend, that means it happened. Hacked. So I had to like I had to make a whole new account. I lost 15 years of memories, man. Contacts, you know, movie contacts, people contacts, industry contacts, everything. So I had to rebuild my thing. So please refriend me again, please, on that. Eamon O'Donoghue, and you'll see me pointing that way. Uh, yeah, I wish they had a backup for that. I was so sorry to hear that. I know, man. It was oh, no one would help me. I you could email Facebook. There's no help from Facebook. No one. I could do nothing. Yeah. Fifteen years of all my stuff, and it was because somebody hacked my account, put some porn on my thingy. It pulled it, blocked me from Facebook, but and then said I had to appeal, but I couldn't appeal if I'm blocked from Facebook. Hmm. Ah, just, but, and as a result of that, I, I use that I use Facebook less now and stuff like that. Yeah. Facebook has become a bit of a cesspool anyway, kind of thing. So you just had to end up blocking lots of people and removing lots of people from your timeline. And you got to start making your timeline much more peaceful, I find. Just yeah. anybody post anything negative or stupid, just unfollow them. You don't have to unfriend them, just unfollow them. And believe me, your timeline becomes a lot more peaceful and less headache in the morning. And Instagram is, well. I just love Instagram because it's just, it's just photographs and pictures and stuff like that. So yeah. And I okay. tend to post more sketches of my art and my concept art on Instagram as well. You'll find less of my sketches on Facebook. If you want to see actual more of my art, Instagram is tends to be Okay. Thanks, AJ. I think well, I'm chewing very often up there. Yeah. You weren't expecting me to talk so much, were you? No, no, you, you were great. And uh, I want to thank uh, Amon for joining us today. And you've been an absolute delight. And um, I would especially like to thank the community out there for listening and watching this podcast. Now, if you enjoyed this show, please show us your support by liking and subscribing to our streams. And you can also drop us a line via uh, email at fourattorney at gmail.com. We'd love the feedback. And as always, please visit us at fourattorney.com for all the latest updates, news, as well as our social media pages on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram that can help you stay up to date with all of our Masters of the Universe revelation, revolution, and Masterverse artwork by the great Amon O'Donoghue content. So that's it. I want to thank you all again for listening and let the power return. We'll see you next time. He's got the power. 